Welcome to Spooky or Bust, a podcast exploring the world of all things paranormal, serial, and conspiratorial. My name is November. And I'm MW. Today, neither of us have brains, so <laughs> this should be this should be fun. We can um, do it! <laughs> well, yeah, we, uh, as you can tell, we didn't start our episode in our normal... I randomly start recording and uh, then just tell Mary whether we started recording ten minutes later. She was too tired to be sneaky today. <laughs> uh-huh. I think we're both too tired to be sneaky today. It's yes. just like, I don't know, we were sitting here and I was like, why does this feel so formal? <laughs> I feel like our starting of this is like, we're just like silent, just waiting for it to start. Right. Like it just feels so formal. Waiting to hear the beeps of the computer. Yes. <sighs> but... <laughs> Um, this is, okay, you talk. This is your, your, this is a Meriwether's exciting episode. So I recently went on a family vacation with my husband, his parents, his brother, and his brother's wife, and we went to the Great Smoky Mountains. Technically, our cabin was in Seaverville. It's all kind of like mushed together. It's kind of like how, like, like the Orlando area is like Kissimmee, Winter Garden, with like all of those mixed up. Yeah, right. So it's like that with... Um, Forge, Gallenberg. Yeah, so all of yeah. it's kind of... My parents are there right now, actually. Oh my gosh. I never realized how much of, like, a destination spot it was and how touristy it was until now. But, like, even when I lived in Tennessee, we never really talked about Dollywood or, like, Gatlinburg. It was always, you know, Nashville or Memphis or Chattanooga. Right. But ever since I've been, I feel like one of my coworkers went the week after. Actually, I think he went, like, two days after we got back. And now I keep seeing all these people posting on, like, Facebook and social media about, like, how they're going to Gatlinburg. I'm like, when did this become a thing? And it was so busy while we were there. Like, I was completely surprised by it. I went a couple times when I was a kid. Like, we'd gone... My dad had taken me a couple times. And then my... Not my senior year. My junior year of college, we all, for spring break, went to Gatlinburg and Pigeon Forge. There were, like, six of us. We rented a cabin. Oh, my goodness. For spring break. It was so much fun. Yeah. I mean... I it like, was crazy, but yeah. it was fun. Oh, I'm sure. It's a bunch of people that are like, oh, we're all free. Run for it. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. I don't know. That's, I, where, I got my, that's where I got that, that tattoo. That doesn't surprise me at all. The skyline tattoo. Oh, I got that in Tennessee. No, I did not get a tattoo of the Tennessee skyline because there isn't one. But <laughs> <laughs> So we stayed in a cabin, like, up, like, in the mountains, in the mountains, like, to the point where, like, it was gravel road, and it felt like there is no way two cars can fit on this road. Right. Like, I don't understand how, like, one's going to go one way and one's going to go the other. Like, it... Yeah. I really liked that we had a cabin, but the one thing that I kind of... Like, I definitely want to go back and, like, see more of it, because I feel like we didn't get to explore as much as I'd wanted. Mm-hmm. The thing with Gatlinburg is that if you're going to, like, downtown Gatlinburg, everything is walking, because it's 20 bucks at the minimum to, like, park anywhere there, which is yeah. insane. But because we were so far away, like, having to drive down there and park and then walk around, I really would have rather, like, I, next time we go, I want to get, like, a place that's along that Gatlinburg Strip so, like, we don't have to worry about parking. Those are expensive, though. Yeah, I mean. Because they're, you know, so touristy that yeah. staying on the strip, it's like staying on the strip, it's expensive. Or, like, the Magnificent Mile in Chicago kind of thing. I remember staying on the Magnificent Mile, but I don't remember how much it cost. I remember the hotel was very nice, though. Mm-hmm. I feel like if we could do that and, like... Have more opportunities to walk around. Because they had a ghost tour down there as well. But driving down there from the mountain, doing that at night and, like, trying to drive back up. Like, just driving up the mountain just sounds like oh, a nightmare. Oh, especially at night? Yeah. It's so, so like, scary. on that road, I would be so afraid of 
going too fast or making, like, a wrong turn. Yeah. Well, that's, um, my dad and my stepmom got married in Pigeon Forge. Oh, nice. Yeah, and they were in one of the cabins, like, they were in a giant cabin. And we had a bunch of people there, and they got married there. And I remember because I was in college, so my I drove home and my me my papa and then his girlfriend all drove down so he has a giant truck oh my goodness so we drove down in the truck and like when it came to dark he was like you're gonna have to tell me where to go yeah so like i'm the one like directing us up the mountains in pitch black it was oh my god it was so scary i mean we made it obviously but so it was just really freaky oh i can only imagine i can drive the interstates in the mountains that's different though yeah that's not i mean like yeah you go up and down the interstate was like, whatever, we'll go 70, 80, not a big deal. Oh, yeah, absolutely. No, it was, because we had a, this cabin was huge. We all had our own room. We all had our own bathroom. That's great. Oh, I want to say like three stories. It had a hot tub. It just had everything. It, it sounds so... like the place that my parents rented when they got married. That's what it It might have like. been, because they were a couple. They were all different themed. <laughs> One was Southern Comfort. Ours was Cat Mountain or something. Cat themed? Yes. There were cat pictures and like cat statues. Every, like, we all, like, all of us have cats, and we were like, every one of us could find something in that house that looked like one of our cats. That's funny. It was, I don't know. We saw a bear the first night, which I was really excited about. We saw about. a bear? I yeah. always wanted to see a bear. I think he didn't realize that we were there, and he tried to rummage through our trash. Who did I have this conversation? I literally just had this conversation with someone <laughs> about how I really wanted to see a bear. I don't remember if it was brief or it was someone else. But no. I literally just, just had this conversation about how I really want to see a bear. Because we went, to, when I, all the times I've been to Tennessee, and the one time I went to Wyoming, and went to um, Teton National Park and Yellowstone, I never saw a bear. Hella buffalo. Saw a moose. <laughs> Hella buffalo. Never no, seen a bear. Because I've lived in, in, in a tourist area for so long, I feel like I have to kind of like do research before I go somewhere just to like know what I'm getting into and I saw all of these pictures and all of these videos like there was a video where somebody woke up and there was a bear in their hot tub so my whole goal was like I just want to see a bear and I want a picture of it but of course it was dark so I didn't get a picture but I got to see the bear so I was really excited that's about awesome. that that's awesome I know it was really cool like I we just want to see a bear in the wild it's I I would definitely I would do it again I mean not in the zoo from a distance, seeing a bear is very cool. Right, from a distance, correct, <laughs> correct. I do not want it to be in my face. You yeah. know, once it realized we were there, it, it took off pretty quickly. But the whole time that we were there, every night that we'd go back to the cabin, we just wanted to see a bear again. That's cool. Was it a black bear? Mm-hmm. My, I, I don't know much about bears. I just know that they look cool. They were like, so oh, fluffy. this is the baby bear and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, how, how, by looking at it from this distance, do you know that it's not an, a full, like, grown adult bear? black bears aren't that big. No, and this one wasn't very big either. It wasn't like... When you think of, like, a baby bear or, like, a, an adolescent bear, you think of, like, a cute little, little one. I mean, it wasn't small like that, but it also wasn't, like, huge. Yeah. But we got to do that. We did Dollywood. My favorite was the very last day that we were there. We I've shown you this already. We got to um, forge our own knives. Mine was, I made it from a railroad spike. And you actually got, like, you had the hammer... The people that work there would heat it up and hold it still and, like, give you directions, obviously, how to do it. Mm-hmm. But I was so proud I got to make my own knife, and I can't wait to go back and do it again. <laughs> I'm so stoked about it. It's my favorite thing from this trip. That's pretty cool. She is very proud of it. Yes. As soon as I got it, I took pictures and sent it to everyone. She did. That's correct. That is correct. Whatever. I made it myself. I you did. did it I think it's cool. Own. I think it's dope. It's awesome. It is. 
Anyway, so inspired by my trip, we decided that we were going to talk about the Great Smoky Mountains for our podcast today. When I was younger and we would travel to a new state, we would get a souvenir. We got to pick, like, my sister and I got to choose. It was usually from, like, a rest stop. I would collect, like, little bells, and then after a while I started to collect shot glasses. As any real adult does. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, to be fair, I was probably still, like, junior high, like, maybe... No, I don't really think we traveled that much when I was in high school until, except for to Tennessee to see my family. And then sophomores when I moved overseas. So I was probably like junior high. And of course, for whatever reason, I started collecting shot glasses. But that I, was a cool thing to do, obviously. Yeah, I mean, just, I was a thing. <laughs> so as an adult, like ever since I started traveling, I really haven't like collected anything. Like I used to when I was little, just because I felt like, what am I going to do with these? Like I have all of these old bells and old shot glasses and they just kind of sit there. Yeah. A few months ago, my sister, a friend, and I went to St. Augustine for the day just to have, like, a girls' day. And we went to the lighthouse because it was something that I didn't get to do on my last trip. And they have, like, a, of course, a little gift shop. And they had these, like, local ghost story books. So I, there was a lot of them. And I had to, like, will myself to only buy two and not go <laughs> on a shopping spree. <laughs> but, like, after that, I decided, you know, whenever I went somewhere new, I would collect local ghost story books. So not, like, ones that you could get from, you know, like a bookstore like it would have to come from like that specific place i decided since this was the second trip that i'd really gone on that i was gonna buy books these were a little hard to find and i actually did end up having to order them off of amazon was looking at them for a while and these were written by people who lived in the area or have talked to people that lived in the area and i ended up of course getting two books because i have a shopping problem not so. like mine but close <laughs> you know sometimes i feel like i'm getting dangerously close to turning into you when it comes to shopping <laughs> so- For your sake, I hope you're wrong. (laughs) I'm sure my husband is praying the same thing. One of the stories that I found in this book, which is part of the reason why I bought it, is because, again, like, we were, we did so much. I mean, we probably spent a day's worth of time researching and just watching videos. And one of the videos... Did you just go hiking while you were there? Not really. We were so short for time. Yeah. We were going to go horseback riding, but unfortunately, they had kind of, like, filled up all of their slots. Yeah. Which was kind of meh but like they were like, oh you can come the next day like super early in the morning and i was just not getting up that day yeah i don't do so. horses what i love horseback riding oh, what are you doing <laughs> pepe just wants loves he was just like licking my arm <laughs> sorry continue oh my goodness one of the youtube videos we watched because i think we were researching food and there's a restaurant there called greenbrier in the video they were talking about how it was haunted and how the server, after their meal, like, took them through, like, a tour of the restaurant and was telling them, like, all of these stories. So when I was researching online, trying to find these books, the book that I found, it's called Smoky Mountain Ghost Lore, and it's by Juanita Baldwin. And one of the stories in the book talks about the ghost story for that restaurant. The story that I found is The Ghost of Greenbrier. One thing to note is that I read the book and then I started to, like, look at things online and I didn't realize this, but apparently there's another, like, haunted place called Greenbrier and there's this whole story about it. So this this is completely different. So there's two different haunts of Greenbrier. Yeah. The really popular one is in, I think, West Virginia. And it's this story about this girl. She dies. They're like, oh, you know, it, it was just, you know, it was a, like, thing they blamed it on, like, her period or, like, women things or whatever. What? Because it's, like, like, way back in the day. Okay. So, like, they blame it on, you know, oh, whatever, women stuff, period, whatever. They bury her. Her mom apparently has a dream, and in the dream, the girl comes to her 
And just the girl's head just, like, goes all the way around. What the fuck? So the woman wakes up and she goes and talks to the person in charge. And, you know, she was definitely murdered. Something definitely happened. Then convinces them, exhume the body, go back and look again and find out. Sure enough, her neck was snapped. And I want to say it was, like, her husband that murdered her. Yeah. So, and, like, everything I saw for, like, there was... She said, yeah, because you can't see my face right now. My chin literally (laughs) dropped. My mouth is really open. Like, what the fuck is happening? Right? It was this huge story, and, like, there's movies about it. And there's this movies is, about it? Yes. I think the tagline that I saw for one of the movies was, like, the first case of a ghost coming back and solve, and helping solve their own murder or something. But, so this is completely different. This is Smoky Mountains. So this is a story about a woman named Lydia. So the property was built in the late 1930s. I want to say 1939. Okay. This was a lodge known as Greenbrier Lodge. Now, according to the Murfreesboro Post, It initially catered to wealthy hunters, travelers, and vacationers from North Carolina to the east, Knoxville, Nashville, and to Memphis to the west. And of course, one of these guests was Lydia, who was a young bride. On her wedding day, Lydia got all dressed up, went to the church, full big long white gown, and was going to get married and, you know, share this love with, like, her friends and family. Of course. So she gets there. There's no fiancé. She keeps thinking, oh, you know, he'll be here, he'll be here, he'll be there. Waits for, like, hours. Convinced that he's going to show up. She waits and waits and waits. Her fiancé never shows up. What a douche canoe. Right? Crushed after being a jilted lover, she heads back to the lodge, goes to the second floor, and hangs herself. Oh my god. What an intense reaction. I mean, you have to think about it in that time period, though. You are standing in front of all of these people. Because you have to think the concept of a wedding and, like, why you do certain things you do in a wedding. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, what it's based off of. Like, essentially, you're signing a contract to, like, sell yourself to this person. And you do, like, this whole pomp and circumstance of having everybody be there to see it. Right. And in that time period, when everybody talked and your reputation was everything. True. For him to not show up, like, she's she's going to be outcasted. True. Like, everybody's going to treat her like she has the plague anyway. So, like, I can see, like, being heartbroken, but also, like... I just don't have to think murder is the answer. I mean, I agree, but... Try to, trying to look at it from a different perspective right. and thinking of the time period. I mean, I think I would have just moved, but <laughs> in that time period, is there really a lot of places for you to move to? Like in the 1930s, 1940s? I mean, yes. But then you still have to explain, like, why you're a woman by yourself. Because even then, they were kind of like, oh, women can't do stuff. True. So you would have to kind of be like, I just wanted to start over? I don't know. I see both sides of this coin. Exactly. Several days later, her fiancé is actually found dead in the Great Smoky Mountains. He was mauled to death by a mountain cat. So, oh, so he didn't show up because he didn't love her. He just died. Well, so there's two different theories. One is that he was mauled to death beforehand, and that's why he didn't show. The other theory is that, still being distraught, her spirit takes the form of the mountain cat and murders him. I'm going to go with the first one. <laughs> the, the, less, the sort of depressing, but not as depressing, Yeah. Uh, yeah, so the other version is she decides to take revenge and just, you know, why the fuck didn't you show up? Hmm. I can't have you, nobody else can. The book and a few other websites actually mention, so after she passes, the caretaker of the area, he starts to hear at night her crying and saying, mark my grave, mark my grave. And he continues to hear this every night until he finally does it. And after he gets up and marks her grave, he says he doesn't hear her crying anymore. Weird. So in the 1980s, it becomes the Greenbrier Restaurant, which is now a family-owned location. The people that run it now, like, their parents bought it, kind of started it up. So, like, these are supposedly, like, all of the dad's original recipes. So they've made it, like, this 
really great, really beautiful family owned location. I thought this was really twisted because in one of the videos I watched, they talk about like how, oh, you know, we've got this room upstairs. It's a small place. You can have your wedding or your reception there. <laughs> and then of course, like, you know, birthday parties. But the fact that he was like, yeah, you can have weddings here. Like, do you not tell these people the story of what's happening or what happened here? Probably not. Like, let's let's have our uh, our uh, after party at the uh, location where the bride hung herself. Right. When she got left at the altar. I don't know. That's, I thought that was a little weird. It's a little morbid. Yeah, kind of. And some say that the beam that she hung herself from is still there. I would sure burn the place down. <laughs> so, Why? <laughs> no, you know, I, don't, I, don't, I don't deal with that shit. I don't know. So, despite the changes of the building, it said that she still haunts the restaurant to this day. According to the Murfreesboro Post, workers have witnessed food items being knocked off shelves in the restaurant pantry, and the customers have said they've seen Lydia in the form of a young, petite girl on the stairs of the building, still in a white dress. Hmm. Creepy. I can't imagine seeing that and then find- I mean- because, like, in the past, people have said, like, oh, you know, they really lean into, like, the story of it, mm -hmm. and they'll talk to you about it, and they'll tell you about it. But if you look at their website now, I couldn't find any mention of it. And they said, like, in the past, they used to have a dessert in honor of her. The menus, there was no, there wasn't even a dessert section. So I wonder if, like, you have to go there to hear the story, or if they're just, like, not talking about it anymore. Hmm. If they're just, like, trying to, like, lean away from that part of, it could be, does it have new owners? No, apparently it's been the same owner since 1980s. It, well, it's the same family. Right. But they, but if the parents got it and then the kids have it now, they could be, like, trying to steer away from that and make it more like a... I mean, it looks super nice. And I've heard, like, a lot of really good things. Even the, the videos that we watched, like, people were just like, oh, this is the best steak I've ever had. Hmm. They have, you know, like, all of these really great courses. They have this really nice bar. Like, if you look at the pictures, the, the building itself looks beautiful. Really? Like, even on the the inside, everything looks... It almost looks like when you first come up, it almost looks like an old ranch... Like, kind of like a ranch house. Okay. Like, you know how old ranches would have the, um... The, like, logo or the symbol of the... Whatever their family yeah. ranch was? Yeah, yeah, It has, like, a big G above it. It's really, really beautiful. Hmm. But everything talks... The, the only, like, one thing that's even slightly, like, remotely related is it says, Food and Spirit Outpost. But I think when they say spirit, they mean alcohol because they have, like, Correct. a full bar. Yeah. It was a lot of drinking when I was <laughs> down there. Like, everywhere we went, like, you would go two or three shops and there was, like, oh, this wine tasting or, oh, this moonshine tasting. Yeah, I was going to say, you get hell, like, we went and did moonshine tastings every day when I was there. Yeah, we stomped at um, a cider tasting. And it was $5 and they gave you so much stuff. I don't remember ever paying for it, but maybe I did. There was one, I think, that was free. One of the moonshine tastings, I think, is free, but the cider one was only $5, and yeah. considering the amount that they gave us, it was totally worth it. Right. Right. No, it usually is, because they always give you a lot. And, like, even if you had to pay for the moonshine one, it's probably, like, 10 bucks, but you get literally 10 shots of moonshine. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, you try every different flavor. Oh, yeah. We definitely tried more than $5 worth of cider. But yeah, like, even looking at the menu now, I mean, there's nothing at all. I mean, this is coming straight from com. It talks about, like, the, the last... The last thing is side dishes. There is no mention of desserts on this thing. Hmm. That's kind of weird. Dated spring 2021. That's kind of odd. But I don't know. Maybe it's one of those, like, you have to actually go there. Maybe. Because there was, like, I had such a difficult time. Like, when I was there, like, we went to Anakista and we went to a couple of other places. And I got to a point where, like, I think we were at, when we were at Anakista, 
I thought I watched one when I was a girl. Are there any, like, ghost story books or anything, like, local history, that kind of stuff? Yeah. And nothing. That's weird. Like, it was so hard. Like, I didn't even realize. Are they trying to, like, lean away from that, maybe, I wonder? I don't know. Because even the, the ghost tour, I found out about the ghost tour from watching it on YouTube. I don't remember there, anymore. I don't remember seeing anything when I was there about it. Hmm. But like the in the ghost tour, and I don't know how real it is. Like we did um, a ghost tour in St. Augustine a couple years ago, and then I recently did one in Tampa. And you never really know like how true the stories are. Right. So I don't know like the some of the stories that they told. Like there's definitely been some messed up shit that's happened there. Yeah, the only ghost tour I've ever been on was back in Indiana, but it wasn't even really like a ghost tour as much as it was a history lesson. Oh, yeah, no. The the one I saw on YouTube that where they filmed them doing the ghost tour in mm-hmm. Gatlinburg, there was one where they talked about one of the hotels in the very beginning, like when they first got their startup. Somebody came in and robbed and murdered two people that worked there. Oh, wow. And then, and, and I, again, I don't know. I'm pretty sure that that part's accurate. Part of the story that they tell is so they were murdered. Somebody comes in and finds their bodies and calls the police immediately says hey we just found the body of this person and this person and the phone drops and you find out that the person on the other than the phone is the husband of one of the people that was murdered oh wow i don't know if that's necessarily true but i think the murder did really happen right so they talk about stuff that's bad things that have really happened there but right other than that tour and other than seeing it on youtube like i really didn't see much in gatlinburg they have mm-hmm. like like i searched haunted houses and they have a haunted house but it's like the haunted house that you go to get scared. Right. As not it, like a real history one. Right. As it, it could also be because of COVID, too, that they're, like, you know, limiting that stuff. But also, COVID doesn't exist in Tennessee, so I'm not 100% Yeah. Sure. Nobody, like, even when we went to Dollywood, nobody was wearing a mask. And, like, here, like, if you went to, like, any of the parks, Universal, Disney, anywhere, they played that stupid recording on loop of making sure you're wearing a mask and well, the distancing. not anymore, because now we don't have our masks anymore. Yeah, but... But... No, I think when we went to Universal, I think I, they didn't announce it as often, and it had obviously changed. Yeah. But when I was in Universal, they made an announcement. I only heard the announcement once when I was at Dollywood, and we were there the whole day. Hmm. And when we walked around Gatlinburg, like, I don't think anybody... Like, I'm vaccinated, but I still bring a mask, you know? Same. Because, first of all, sometimes it makes people feel more comfortable, and then you don't have to, like, explain, oh, I'm vaccinated. So, like, right. I just bring it and assume that I'm wearing it. Right. We went there, and I was like... Nobody's wearing this. Yeah. Like, you feel, like, shamed into not wearing it. I mean, you're vaccinated, so, like, it's okay, but... Yeah. Most of those people there probably aren't, honestly. Yeah. I mean, whether you agree with it or not, teach their own, but I was still just kind of like, oh, okay, this is happening. Yeah. Anyways, what did you find? Oh, goodness gracious. I have to wake up. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm really struggling to stay awake right now. She needs an energy drink. My I scary stories aren't enough coffee. for you? No. I feel offended. I mean, I could fall asleep right now. <laughs> I don't mean to be offensive. Um, after we record this, I legitimately might have to take a nap. All right. So for mine, I looked up... This one's not really like... This one to me feels more like a history kind of thing mm-hmm. than like an actual ghost story or like a murdery story. But it's a ghost town mm-hmm. in the Smoky Mountains. It's called Elkmont. It's the Elkmont ghost town in the Smoky Mountains. But it's... There's not too much of it, like, they don't say anything about it just being haunted, as it was just completely abandoned. Like Roanoke style? Um, it doesn't really say, it kind of just says that people just ended up leaving, not that they disappeared. 
Like, Roanoke, they, like, disappear. Yeah. If we talk about Virginia, I'm for sure going to talk about Roanoke. Oh, my God. Yes. I love that story so much. I did a whole project on it in eighth grade. It just makes me think of American Horror Story. That season of American Horror Story was garbage. I mean... The concept of it, I think, was really cool. Yeah. I just... It was one of my favorites. Yeah. Cannibals freak me out. I think cannibals should freak everyone out. Correct. But I have tattoos, so I'm safe from cannibals. Oh, that means I'm safe? Hell yeah. Right? Isn't that what Jeffrey... Isn't that what Jeffrey... Oh, hold on. I gotta put on this light on. That's what Jeffrey Dahmer said. He said, if you have tattoos, your flesh tastes funny, so he doesn't... I remember someone saying it. I just can't remember who, but yeah, that probably pretty, sounds right. I'm pretty sure it was Jeffrey Dahmer. Would not surprise me. Because he was like, tattoos make you taste weird or something. Good thing I just got another tattoo. Right. Uh, I think I need another one that's visible. So like you can see it yeah, before you don't have any visible tattoos. I want one on my wrist so badly. So get one. I've always wanted a wrist tattoo on my eyebrow pierce. I'm not really sure about the eyebrow piercing, but... I don't know. I went through a phase when I was younger and I just really wanted one. I mean, if you want it, do it. I'm not going to tell you not to. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go with you. My husband would be like, the fuck did you do? Literally. Yeah, he would flip out. He'd flip out if you got a wrist tattoo. Nah, he wouldn't care about that. You don't think so? I think he'd be more concerned about, do I have the money to pay for a wrist tattoo? You work a lot. You'll be fine. You're working overtime for like six months. I know. I think it's like surprises people though, like the price of tattoos. I remember when I got my first one, I was like, $50? That's a lot. And then I realized that that was the price of opening the kit and I was like, oh, well, okay. So when I was in Germany, they were like, the tattoo that I wanted in Germany, they wanted to charge like 125 to like $200. And then I came here and they were like, oh yeah, it's 50 bucks. And like the guy felt bad for charging me 50 bucks. What's the first? What is it? Is it small? It's the moon and star on my stump, like on my side. Oh. It's like, I don't know, maybe that, that tall. Smaller than my rose? It's a little bigger than your rose. Okay. That's really cheap then. Yeah. And then even, well, even the um, tattoo on my back, which is way bigger. Yeah. I don't think, I think I probably paid 50 bucks for it. Where are you going to get these tattoos? Uh, the one on my, the one on my back I got in Florida, but that was in like 2000... Maybe it was like 2008, 2009. I want to, I don't remember the name of it. I want to say it was Pride and Envy. I just remember the logo that they had, the Tony Hawk, like the stars. Mm-hmm. It, it had like those stars as part of their logo. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It was forever ago though. Glasses, but, well, I mean, Pride and Envy is where I went to get my my last one. Oh, I'm sure it wasn't the same people. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it wasn't. But that's where I got my newest one. I got it from there. Yeah. That's also back. where I got this one, my rose. But I got it on Friday the 13th, so it was 20 bucks. Oh, I wish I'd gone with you that day. <laughs> this, is there a Friday the 13th this year? Um, I don't... You look it up while I talk about this, I say, as I'm looking oh. it up. So, Elkmont, Tennessee. It is in Tennessee, in the Smoky Mountains. The area was first settled in the 1840s. And it was known as, like, a, it was just like a little river town. Because it was, the location is literally, like, in the Little River Valley of Tennessee. And in 1901, a lumber company was formed there. because someone purchased 86,000 acres. I was like, what is that number? That is a... That's how tired I am that I can't even read numbers. <laughs> I had to think about it for a second. I almost said 8,600, and I was like, wait, that's an extra zero. 86,000 acres Jeez. all along the river. Just so they could transport, like, timber... To the rail, the railroad that was being built. 
That sounds about right. Yeah, that's what I was like. Okay, that makes sense. So, like, there was a sawmill and all kinds of other stuff in different areas. They used the river to go back and forth for. The, all this, like I said, all this lumber went to the railway. And then, eventually, the town turned into a vacation destination for wealthy families in Knoxville. So, families of Knoxville would take the train out to the Smoky Mountains for a weekend getaway. Like we do now, but... Not a train, obviously. From way farther away. Right. <laughs> but, and then that, so that area was bought and it kind of turned into like a resort community. So like, it was initially like this timber town. Now it's this resort community and that's what it officially was named Elkmont. Hmm. So that was in like the early, early 1900s. Then the National Park was established in 1934 Residents decided that they were going to sell their homes and relocate. So since it's because it's part of the national park, they're like, you know what, we're just going to sell it and move. That's They could sell it for full value, do that, or they could sell it to the national park and stay in their house. So like they either had to sell their house for full value and move or sell their home to the national park and they could stay. I mean, if you sell it, at least you get to stay. Yeah, but then your house is owned by the National Park Service. You don't own your house. Yeah, but do you still have to pay for it then? I'm not sure. Because, I mean, if I could live there for free, absolutely. Maybe, but I don't know. I don't know what I would do in that situation. Well, because I feel like... Okay, so the only downside would be... So when you go to... I want to say it was Anakista that we went to. So there's a couple. It's Anakista, the Gatlinburg Skylift, and Ober... And they all have a sky lift that, like, takes you up to the top of the mountain. Mm-hmm. And I want to say it was Anakista that there was just, like, you just look down and there's just random house there. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you did something like that, I don't know that I would want to live there. But if I could just, you well, know, I mean, sell I, my land and live there and there not be anything like that, I'd be like, yeah, sure, whatever. I mean, I imagine it would, though. Like, that's what would, what would happen because it was becoming a big tourist location and it was a national park. So, like, the government owns your house. Not like a yeah. bank. The federal government owns your house at that point because national parks are federal. Yeah. So I'd be like, mm, not really sure how I feel about that. But I don't. It doesn't say like which a lot of people decided to do. Either way, if they did it, they had to be out of their house by 1992 because that's when all the leases expired. That's a long time to still be in the house. Yeah, I mean it was. I mean, they got the they sold to the national park for a discounted price. They got to stay in their house forever, for the remainder of their <laughs> lifetime. So, oh. like, it doesn't say that they could pass the house down to other people. Like, you know, some people, if you if you buy a house and you own it and you pay it off, you're going to pass that house to your kids. Yeah. They couldn't do that. Once they died, the house went to the National Park. I don't know. I feel like... I mean, that was in 34. So, by 92, if you were born in 34, you're almost 60 years old. Yeah. I don't know. You would have stayed there anyways. Well, you wouldn't have had control of the house anyways because it would have been your parents. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, if you think about people, I mean, look at us. People don't grow up in the same house they lived in. Right. You know, they get their independence and they want to go to college far away from their hometown or whatever. They don't think, oh, I'm going to stay in this family built house forever. Right. So I don't think it would have mattered either way. Right. Because once you reach 1992, like, those people are not staying home. No. And, like, we don't even, and I know your family doesn't either, we don't even have a house that we grew up in. Exactly. Like, the house that I had when I was a kid, we sold when I was in high school. Like, we moved. And then my dad, and that was my mom's house, and then my dad moved when I was in college. But the house we lived in before, I didn't grow up in town with him either, but and now I live in Florida. Yeah, I think the house my mom lives in now is probably the longest she's 
Uh, probably out of all of us, it's probably the house they've she's lived in the longest. I mean, it's been it's been more than ten years. But before that, it was you know anywhere from every six months to every four years moving somewhere else. Right, right. So, so it's hard to like, you know. I guess it is hard to imagine somebody wanting to live in their hometown. Because, like, the, the thought of it is nice, but I think it's because I've never had that. Yeah. I'm sure the people that have lived in their hometown their whole lives are like, I want out of this place more than anything in the world. Maybe. I don't know. My dad's lived in his hometown. Like, my hometown. My dad's lived there his entire life. Like, right now, he lives... Like, we've lived in a lot of places around the town. And, like, right now, he's literally the neighborhood down the street from the house he grew up in. That's just so weird to me. I... Like my whole, but my whole family's lived in that town all of their, most of them anyways, have lived in that town all of their lives. My dad's out of the families like that in Ohio. He talks about how they all live like really close to each other. I think, I remember my grandmother living in Kentucky, but I think most of his family has always lived in Ohio. And like, honestly, like I don't, it's not really a bad thing. No, not at all. It's just because like it's... you try to imagine somebody else's life and yeah. think, how would they think of it or, you know, what you see from the outside. Right. By the way, August is Friday the 13th. Ooh, that's in two months. We could go. Yes. We'll look, start looking at flash sheets. I'll have 20 bucks by then. <laughs> Hopefully. You have to take cash. You gotta get cash out. Okay, so anyway, like I said, the lease is expired in 92. And the Smoky Mountains, the National Park, had 70 historic buildings with no one to maintain them. Woof. Yeah, so like they had a shit ton of houses. And like, there's... A park ranger shortage as it is. No, yeah. I don't really know that many people. I only know one. I've met one person in my whole life that wants to be a park ranger. Whose, like, life goal is to be a national park ranger. And I don't talk to him anymore, so I don't even know if he attained that goal. <laughs> that was, like, his whole life goal. So, and since there was no one to take care of these cabins, they just started, you know, deteriorating. Oh, I'm sure. So they just started falling apart, and all these abandoned buildings is what led to it becoming the Elfmont Ghost Town. So now... The na- at this point, the National Park has decided to preserve 19 of the buildings. And they're going to tear down everything else. I feel like they should have done that already. That's kind of what I was thinking, too. So, I don't know when they started it, but the demolition of the other 51 houses was complete in 2018. And then, those 19 historic buildings in total are supposed to be preserved for public visitation. So, you can take a tour of the restored structures... And see, like, you know, how all the people... But, I mean, this was, like, turn of the century, like, early 1900s. So, like, how these people lived. It says one of the most interesting cabins stands in, that stands in Elkmont is Levi Trentham's cabin. It was preserved in late 2017. It's one of the oldest buildings in the region of the Smoky Mountains and was relocated from the James Creek area to Elkmont. Or the Jake's Creek area, I'm sorry, to Elkmont. So, like, it's still, like, the same area, but it was mm-hmm. just, like, a little bit further down. Because you can hike to Jake's Creek... And Little Rivers. Like, you can hike the trails to go back and forth to each other. So it's still, like, in the same vicinity. Sounds like they just moved it so they'd all be closer together. But I think it'd be cooler to have, like, a trail that goes along. But it also would probably be harder to maintain that way. I feel like it'd be really cool to just, like, walk through a ghost town. During the day. Yes. Because it doesn't say, like, if any of these people died or, like... Oh, by the way, I'm getting this website, this information from the Visit Smoky Mountains. Um blog page. I don't know. I think it'd just be cool to kind of, like, see. Yeah. And then it gives you directions on, like, how to find it. Yeah, it says there's a lot of walking within uh, within the historic structures. But it's pretty far. And there's, it's, it's over by, like, if you're going down 
the 411 from Gallenberg to Sugarland. Then you drive towards Cades Cove. And you'll see a sign for like an Elkmont campground. And oh. there you'll see a ranger station. And four miles down the road, there's a sign that says Elkmont Nature Trail. And that's where you'll find the parking lot. And then you walk out to the ghost town. Okay, I definitely have to do that the next time we go. Shit, I'll go with you. Let's do it! I love Gallenberg. It's so much fun. It really is. Uh, the one thing was, it was, we just had the unfortunate, the unfortunateness of going when like it was rainy and the first two days was rainy and freezing. Oh, I bet. And like even the drive up, it was freezing pouring Freezing for down us in Florida. Yeah. No, I think it was, it was like 60s when we first got there. That's freezing for us in Florida. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, I like being cold, but, our, like, our I don't like being cold and rainy. Oh, speaking of, my new beanies get here next week, and I'm so excited. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> she really has a shopping problem, y'all. I'm not kidding. Yeah. She's, like, sending me a snap. If I bought this, I bought this. Where do you get your money? Um, and how do I get some? It's not that I have money. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, so that's the um, Elkmont ghost town. There's, It seems pretty cool. Like I, I would like to go visit it during the day simply because I don't know what haunts there at night. I like that she side-eyes me as she's saying this, like her way of being like, listen, bitch. <laughs> that's exactly what it is. Correct. 100%. You know, uh, you know what we should do? This is so random, but thinking of ghosts. I know I texted you about this, but we should watch all the Conjuring movies. Yes. And then, like, talk about it on the show. I really thought this was going to. We should go to Kallenberg and eat at Green Bar and go into this place. I mean, we can do that too. Because there's so many fun things to do down there. And I really, I know it's not, like I said, I know it's not a haunted house with like the story, but it's like the scary kind. But I still really want to go You can go, go to and it. I'll sit outside and eat ice cream. Oh my goodness. I'm fine with that. Okay. Because I'm not going to go inside. There's so many, uh, so many things we could do there. If we go, we can go to Anakista and then you can see the Ewok Village. Okay. I'm literally convinced that I'm, I know Anakisa did not do this on purpose, but it literally feels like being in the Ewok village and I snorted sending November snaps of me like running She's across on, the bridge like a child. My husband's like, oh dear lord. She was on the forest, Moonafin. We could take our lightsabers and go there. <gasps> yes! <laughs> I'm sorry guys, we really are nerds. It's, it's a problem. Oh my god, we are. I'm building a lightsaber in two weeks. Three weeks. I'm so jealous. I want, two, I know I don't Two and a half one. weeks technically at this point. I know I don't need one, but I want another one. I'm so excited. Well, if you can get that off work. But also, I did cancel my third reservation, so I don't have the third slot anymore. So you have to ask Brie to not build one so you can build one. I mean, I could just go to, like, SourceForge and get one. They're more expensive, though. Yeah, that's true. Well, it depends on which one I get. I don't need the blade. I just need the hilt. True. I want... I kind of want Calcastus's lightsaber. It's supposed to come out later this year. I want it. It was supposed to come out last year, but they ended up pushing it back to this year. Also, I'm not really good at video games, and that game is so fucking hard I need to for buy, me. I need to buy it still. I haven't played it yet. Do it. What's Target selling it for? See? Oh, she's it? shopping again. She has an addiction. Yeah, wait. We're, we're literally in a podcast right now. What the fuck is happening? <laughs> anyway. Okay. Thank you guys so much for listening today. Sorry we are completely all over the place. Um, remember to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at SpookyYourBust. And send us any emails. Send us your uh, Smoky Mountain Ghost Stories at spookyyourboss at gmail.com. Bye, guys. Bye.